Today's chat is brought to you by, well, all of your support. Through the patronage you provide the Focus Fire chat team through Podbean's crowdfunding, we are able to provide you with the weekly podcast as well as the website and other aspects of Focus Fire chat. If you have any interest in becoming a patron of the FFC, please be sure to visit our website and click on the support link. Even a single dollar helps, and for those of you who are already patrons, thank you again for your generosity. You may have heard the whispers of guardians gathering in the shadows, exploring the mysteries of this world and the worlds which surround us. We are all in search of truth. Sometimes we need to focus that search, focus that fire. And so we come together. Join us. Join the discussion. Welcome to Focused Fire Chat. Welcome back for episode 152 of Focus Fire Chat, recorded live on December 14th over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. As always, want to give a big shout out to our live chat here with us tonight. Thank you so much for joining us once again. Our topic for tonight's episode is going to be a look at the updated information pertaining to Mara Sav. But first, let's run through a quick introduction of those on the show for tonight. As always, this is your host, Blue Crew 86 Next up, we have our own master of social media, the one and only green-eyed music lover. Green, I hope you're doing well. How has the week treated you so far? I've been baking cookies and have been told that Julie could actually maybe play the game because of the baking mechanic in it right now, <laughs> because it reminds her of Stardew Valley. <laughs> earlier, earlier, I mentioned that I had to take a cookie to Amanda Holiday, and she's like, I don't know what's going on, but I'm digging it. Can I play? I'm like, all right. Might actually get my wife to play Destiny for once. <laughs> but, for the season, and then she'll stop because yeah. there's no more cookies. Yeah, basically. She wants that, that role-playing aspect, I guess. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't blame her. She I don't wants blame what her. I've been talking about for a while now, which is a crafting mechanic, which we've mm-hmm. desperately or, you know, needed within Destiny. A reason to play? Uh, would you stop? <laughs> Hey, I'll be fair. I told I told Green just fine. I told Green earlier today. I was like, man, this this dawning has actually gotten me back into Destiny Two. Like, uh-huh. I've it's I've, a good event. I, it, the thing that I like about it is, again, it's it's something that doesn't force you to have to go through a certain like. You don't have to be high light level. You don't have to be in Crucible. You don't have to win certain. Like, it's just hey, go out and do what you want to do and as you go through stuff collect stuff you know that's that's the thing it's it's like you know hey instead of having to go to soraya every freaking day to get your clan experience why don't you just let us gather stuff as we're doing what we're doing anyways like i yeah i might have an opinion about that um but rounding out the usual team. Opinions. Yeah, what? No. Mm-hmm. We have our good buddy, the lore content cop himself, Beard Grizzly. Beard, how have you been doing? Um, what day is it? Mm-hmm. I know. I, yep. Right there with you. It's okay. holiday. It's as holiday. As, as long as we're all kind of on the same page. Um, I am surprised at myself that I am even here, quite frankly. Um, it has been a week. It has been a time. 
and I'm <laughs> glad to be here and just, you know, fidge out for a little while. Uh, I've been attempting my best to actually catch up and read all of the new stuff that we have, uh, most of which is not released in my time of not being able to either create content or otherwise right now. Uh, and it's just been, it's been rough. Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to the season being over. I, I think this is one of those times, uh, this year in particular has been incredibly tough for some reason. I don't know why. Uh, but it's just felt different from the rest of them. So if anybody else is out there suffering like uh, I am oh, for man. some reason. This week's been, there with this week's been a rough. rough one for us as well. Yeah. So it, if it if you feel like it was just you, it's probably not just you. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, before I before I drag that on anymore and <laughs> make people depressed for sitting here <clears throat> listening to the show going, this is all that life has to offer now. <laughs> <laughs> it's even in Destiny. <laughs> Oh, yeah, God. Uh, well, you know, to to kind of go on, I don't even know how to to segue out of that depressing topic into the more depressing topic of the community question. How about, how about just rip and tear? Uh, and yeah, rip, rip and tear, yeah. rip and tear, All right. go. Community feedback. Okay, so I I did the thing. I don't want to. I, I, I did the thing. I did the thing that made beard. I don't want to beard crazy always Stop and it. i i waited i waited until thursday to post it yeah yeah you did which i did made the anticipation even worse why i only made it a 24-hour thing it wasn't even that long because i knew what you were gonna do anyway okay i may be i, I yeah i'm i'm a bit of a troll sometimes but just sometimes partially as a favor to one of our community members who is quite adamant and she's shown up she's on a quite few adamant. different she's yeah, quite she's, adamant she says she's, okay. she's, she's messaged me pretty much daily for the last three weeks beard I think I just, know where you're just, at just you daily okay sure yeah because I haven't been dealing with this for the last like I don't beard, know beard 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 <laughs> take a bite of your cookie <laughs> and sit down <laughs> he's okay <sighs> But the this community question so this week was, shh, is uh, we see the new in the new lore that Shax is smitten with the queen, the queen being Mara. And my question was, is do you think this is folly on his part? I There's only made, one right option out of I all made, three of them that you selected. I made three options, which if you add the two together that are basically the same answer... It's still, it's actually a tighter race than I thought it would be. So the three answers you could choose from were, yes, it's folly. No, it's not folly. And then why, Bungie? Why? If anybody could guess which one I fell into, you're probably right. Yeah, because I basically channeled my inner beard. May put on a beard to type out that last one. But, uh. Doubt it. No, I didn't. I totally didn't. But. 28% said, yes, it's folly. 24% said, why Bungie, why? Which, adding that up, we get to 52%. And then 48% said, it's not folly on his part, which actually looks like it's the winner of this poll. Because there's three Uh. options. But, because it's a terrible poll. But, (laughs) I'm just... I'm just shocked. I was still shocked at how many people were like, yeah, I could, I could see it. 
I could totally see it. I'm like, what? Why? And like, people were like, I mean, we're all smitten with Mara, or no, we're not. No, we're definitely not. I like all Mara. Is a, all is a very gross overstatement because <laughs> there is at least one person that is not. Uh, all right. But a lot of people think that Shax is going to get his heart crushed. And they think it's going to happen around like the. Um, All I see days. now is oh, uh, Temple of what Doom. Temple know? of Doom, right here. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm thinking <laughs> back to that meme <laughs> where it's like, uh, I gave you my heart and said Kali Ma, and then you <laughs> burst into flames. <laughs> oh, whoa! <laughs> wow. Anyway. Oh, man. I totally see it. Yeah. Uh-huh. If those of you who don't know, we we talked about the Shax and Mara card, which is the Mark of the Great Hunt, which it for God knows what reason I actually have the name of that card memorized. I don't probably because it's such a traumatic thing. <laughs> it's probably. <laughs> As you Probably. can't tell also, from from Beard. <laughs> oh my god. So that one dropped a couple of weeks ago. Or, well, dropped with the raid. And then we get this dawning card where an unnamed okay. figure. Okay, who but the is dawning card. The dawning card is adorable. I, I do have it's to. Ador- I, I do have to give cute. them that. It's cute. It's basically Shaq's. Saddling up next to Eva, trying to figure out what to get Mara for Christmas <laughs> or for the it's... dawning. And it's like, oh my God, he's just like every guy trying to figure out what to it's get a so, girlfriend. It's so like, I, I do not have a problem with the, the, the mark of the great hunt. I'm like, uh, why? Like it doesn't, it mm-hmm. doesn't further any, like whatever. But like the, the dawning card, it shows like a human side of shacks, right? Like. That's the thing is like I really like it is because it it humanizes him. It shows him that he's not like all like bluster and all that. There are things that he even he gets kind of like I don't know if this is like I I love right. Yeah, it is. It's really cute. It's just one of those things. It's perpetuating the problem at this point too. (laughs) What perpetuating the problem is an understatement. (laughs) Anyway. It has spurned quite a few artists to start just, drawing those two spurn. together again. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> if you All can't right. tell, I've got several opinions about this, and I want it to stop! Okay, that is all that I promised that we would get it over with. It's over with. We can move on to the intro. It'll be fine. <laughs> Um, real okay. quick, we, <laughs> real quick, uh, I did want to also give a preliminary shout out to Gamma Trap and Mylan. Uh, mm-hmm. Gamma Trap, Gamma Trap, actually. So Mylan has a Patreon in which, kind of similar to Bife, has a Patreon to help support the artists that give you know give him the images to use in his videos and stuff like that. And as part of that Patreon, we are given access to uh some of Gamma Trap's amazing artwork. And that's actually where we got this week's uh banner from was I took an image from Gamma Trap uh that he had provided I think uh, a couple months back and yeah. we then I I 
I combined it with a couple other images and blended it. So if you guys really like the banner, be sure to give Gamma Trap and, and Mylan a big thank you for, for just being amazing contributors to the Destiny community. The Gamma Trap's artwork is, I mean, it's seriously one of my favorite styles. But I just did, I did want to give a quick shout to to both of them and a big thank you for letting us use that because this this is actually the perfect image for this episode but speaking about this episode let's go ahead and run through our intro notes real quick in our last episode of focus fire chat we discussed the fallout series if you ever miss an episode and would like to catch up, please be sure to check out FocusFireChat.com for archives, articles, and links to the other aspects of Focus Fire Chat. If you don't mind, please rate, and if you can, review the show on iTunes, Podbean, or whichever podcasting app you use to enjoy podcasts. Reviews are extremely helpful, as they not only let us know what we can do better, but help us stay up on the charts, which helps others find our amazing community. To those of you who have already taken the time to leave us a review, thank you. As many of you already know, Focus Fire Chat is a cross-community gathering where the intent is to offer a week-long, in-depth view of a particular subject from within the lore of Destiny and other games. This chat begins every Tuesday morning and runs until the following Tuesday, with topics decided by the group via a poll that begins every Friday and ends on the Tuesday morning of the new chat. Every Friday around 10 p.m. Central, we get together to stream a high-level summary of the previous week's chat for those who are unable to participate. Please be sure to also give some support to the other podcasts in the Guardian Radio Network, links of which can be found on our website. If you're a fan of lore in all of its various forms, be sure to also check out thelorenetwork.com, where you can find a wide variety of some amazing content covering a number of different titles and mediums. Note that next week we are going to be off the air due to the upcoming holiday, but rest assured, I have something in the works that will take the place of the normal episode. However, please be sure to weigh in on the poll this weekend to let us know which topic you want to discuss after that. Links to that poll can be found on either Twitter, at FocusFireChat, or within our Discord server. With that being said, here's my high-level summary of tonight's topic. Have faith in the plan. Trust in the plan. What is this blasted plan that Petra continually talks about? This grand design that Mara, with the help of Eris and Osiris, don't forget him, devised to take down Oryx and what? Now, more? Luckily, Forsaken gave us a bunch of the pieces of this puzzle so we can begin shaping this grand design of Mara's and figuring out what she's got planned. So buckle up, Buttercup, because we are diving deep into the lore this week with our update of Marasov. Before we jump into the information and thoughts that the community had about Marasov, however, let's have a quick chat about this week's Lost Lore. So <clears throat> this so weekend before we get going. Yes. I think I need an adult after that intro. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done. 
Carry on. I need an adult. Oh, uh, man. Uh, I need an adult. I am an adult. I am an adult. Oh, oh my. Um. Um, I just wanted, yeah, real quick. Thank you for Green for doing that. My my week has been a bit full, and so Green stepped up and took care of the intro notes for us, and I really appreciate it. Actually, Green pretty much took care of this episode for us, and I'm really grateful for that. Um, but she did task me with the Lost Lore section. Um, she wanted to she wanted me to talk about a little bit about ascension or the concept of ascension um, and how like what it is and how it ties into what is going on in destiny because ascension is actually a concept uh that is in reality as well as in the video game uh and so really queens foil kids yeah pretty much um so the concept of ascension in reality is really you can you can kind of define the concept of the quote the act of rising to an important position or a higher level end quote uh, and it's something that is prevail- prevalent throughout not just society today, but historically, you can see it in religious, mythological, and especially cultural or social development throughout the growth of humanity, not to mention other forms of intelligent life, and even to a degree within the more animalistic lives of our planet. So in many ways, this is a gross oversimplification of the concept that can be baked within the idea of a pecking order or a hierarchy that determines not just where one stands physically within a social framework, but also what that standing allows. Overt examples of this concept can be seen in pack mentalities of many predatorial creatures, such as lions, wolves, dogs, etc., as well as even in the herd mentalities of prey, uh, such as horses or uh, bovines, you know, and that nature. As, it's, um, as it is to be expected, humanity has built upon the more base degree of hierarchical standing in social terms uh, and has incorporated this concept into their mythologies and religions uh, to explain a host of issues and experiences. Indeed, it should be noted that the word itself was actually coined in about 1518 from Middle English language to refer to the ascent of Christ via the old French term from Latin ascension from the verb ascendiere. Uh, So from the very inception of the term, it has been crafted to explain something mysterious within the context of religion, which is where we get the strong connections that we see today with the idea. Note, of course, that this term is by no means restricted to the Christian religion. It was quickly adopted to describe more mundane concepts, such as an individual's ascension to the throne, for example. Uh, We even see a use of it in astrology, where the term ascendant is defined as, quote, the the zodiacal sign and degree that is ascending on the eastern horizon at the specific time and location of an event. According to astrological theory, celestial phenomena reflect or determine human activity as the principle of as above, so below. Thus, astrologers believe that the ascendant signifies a person's awakening consciousness in the same way that the sun's appearance on the eastern horizon signifies the dawn of a new day, end quote. So transitioning all that into destiny, we do actually see a number of similarities to our own concept of ascension, uh, especially especially in the way that the uh, hive used the term. Because within the hive, the concept of ascension, or ascendant beings as it were, is similar to that of the evolution from a mortal to a pseudo-immortal creature. It is linked closely with their view and usage of the plane of existence known in-game as the ascendant realm. And this is quite literally a realm of existence that's juxtaposed above the material realm. So it's a place where instead of material cause physics or material causal physics is the determining factor, the literal will of the being observing it can shape it to their desires. Thus, the more powerful the will, 
the more control one is able to exert, though there does seem to be a level of which the, quote, owner of the individual throne rooms is able to uh, exert over visitors. An uh, example of this is really Crota's End, um, and I'm going to kind of circle back to that in just a second. A throne world is described by the worm gods to the servants as, quote, a cyst universe created by your own might, end quote. So it's a literal safe haven for the life force of the individual entity which creates it. It is the creation of the cyst. Um, a cyst is defined to be a tough protective capsule enclosing the larva of a parasitic worm or the resting stage of an organism that is not a normal part of the tissue where it is located. It has a distinct membrane and is separated from nearby tissue. So that's a cyst. Uh, it is the creation of the cyst that allows the ascendant hive the ability to cheat death. For as long as they are not slain within their unique throne world, they are able to retreat back and remerge again and again. This is why, in the often fanatical following of the logic of the sword, they view the event of death as a teaching moment rather than a terminal point for existence as most mortal creatures would. So to go back into the reference to Crota's End here, that is the entire explanation of what is going on with that final fight against Crota during that raid. Uh, that was the the Dark Below raid, so I'm assuming most people are aware of what that was going on. But if you didn't play Destiny 1, uh, it was basically the fight against Crota, and it was... It was interesting, to say the least. There was there was there were sword bearers and lots of network switching and all that fun stuff. Um, but as far as how to beat it, yeah, I mean, yeah, it was obviously it was it was very difficult. You had to uh, unplug your network at just the right time to get Crota. Wait, you had to just have a hunter who knew how to run sword. Yeah, That's pretty much. Yeah. and have rocket launchers. Oh, lots of rocket launchers. But um, so, no, but I mean, and, and you, you'll hear uh, Bife refers to this as the psychomutable netherverse, uh, which if you take the breakdown of that term is exactly what it, uh, what this ascendant plane is. Uh, psychomutable literally means it's mute. It's uh, it's changeable by your psychic, uh, your psychos. Uh, so your your will is what's changing it. And then another verse is, you know, it's 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 a universe that's not ours. Um so a psychomutable netherverse is a is a universe in which the will is actually the driving force of creation, not physics or not causal physics. So you almost have a degree of paracausality within these throne worlds. Um, and and if you look at the the fight within Crota's End and even to a degree within the Taken King against Oryx himself, the the fight is really honestly an argument. It is a debate between the attackers and the the defender, and it's whoever has the strongest will that walks away, which actually is a callback to the uh, the raid ship from the Taken King, uh, which I just blanked on the name of it, but it's basically uh, named after a public debate in which you you actually are the winner will walk away and the loser um, loses face which is what we did in Oryx's experience. But and and so that's really kind of that's kind of putting into destiny terms the concept of ascension. Now we do see it quite often in the dreaming city within Destiny 2. Um and I think that kind of will kind of be a good place to let Green kind of step in a little bit there and kind of talk about that. So, okay. 
the way that I wanted to break down this whole thing with the ascension and everything like that is the concept that Mara is essentially in some ways ascended at this point mm-hmm. the and how we get there and the the plan the stupid plan that is mentioned so many stinking times in game um so Marasov I'm going to do a quick description of Marasov as of the end of D1 for people who may not have played D1 just bear with me Marasov is the queen of the reef who ascended to power sometime right before the reef wars we meet her during the initial Black Garden questline, asking for assistance in locating the Black Garden. Instead of helping us directly, she places a task in front of us. Kill a gate lord and bring me its eye. We accomplish this task and gain access to the Black Garden, much to the ire of Prince Aldrin. The second major encounter we have with her is in regards to the wolves going rogue, and the wolves being the fallen the house fallen house that was um kind of encompassed within Mara's grouping at that point. So the wolves go rogue and Skolas escapes. And then we don't actually visit or see Mara during any of the House of Wolves expansion, but we do hear her at the very end when we capture Skolas. Um, most of the our interaction is through proxy with Petra Binge, who at the very beginning well, right before House of Wolves, in the very beginning of House of Wolves, is actually a emissary to the tower. So she she comes into the tower. She's dressed up in the corsair corsair garb. That if you are um, roaming the Dreaming City now and you happen to walk by one and they start talking at you and startle you and you turn and see what they're dressed like. That's actually what Petra looked like before we met her in um, the actual reef. And I'm trying to remember the name of the place. The Vestian Outpost. Thank you, Vestian Outpost. Yeah, um, if you uh, if you go through the Dreaming City and you're not startled by those freaking Corsairs at one point or another, even if you just, like, burst spawn in or something, uh, you're lying to me incredibly. There it's, is oh my god! Just it's so funny. It, so it so have, has, has anyone like, noticed? Hey, guardian, have, has what? anyone noticed that they've started putting them like crouched in the tall grass? Yes. Yeah. I found one today, tiny. and I literally was like, ah! <laughs> like was, I accidentally hit him with the sparrow. <laughs> I love uh-huh. that. I love it. I love that we have like these NPCs to talk to. Oh no! I, I absolutely—it's it, so it, it, such a—it's such an ingenious way of getting us access to patrols in the Dreaming City because you know, and we, we kind of mentioned this, like we don't have the patrol beacons, so we of course, wouldn't have the patrol yeah, beacons. We, um, of course, we are helping the corsairs because that's what the corsairs do—is they do patrols. I love, I love it. It's an ingenious yeah. way of doing it, and then also, making making them dynamic on top of that. Oh my gosh. Uh-huh. Also hearing a certain somebody scream every time she walks by and curse. It's flipping hilarious. Um, I do I do like also how their dialogue is different. Uh, yes, for it does change. Awoken or for just uh, human or exos. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, okay, so going back to Mara, the last major encounter we have with her, which is not really an encounter, it's a cutscene, is the opening of Taking King. And we witness Mara 
and her fleet attacking the dreadnought and then essentially getting demolished by the power weapon which is there a name for that weapon i never came across a name of it it's just oryx's weapon i think it's just dreadnought in a lot of ways yeah i Um, think it was more of him it was him exerting his will so yeah, it's it's it, like it's, it's like like psychic blast of some kind. Yeah, like, I mean, and it's, well, he's pushing this throne world out. Yeah, right? it's, like, bas- that's it's basically. What he's doing. I mean, kind of. Yeah, he, he's like he's you. If I remember, if I remember, this is this is me trying to remember off the top of my head. Um, if I remember, it's caused by like yeah, it's that's caused by word. the uh, ontological friction of the way that he created his throne world inside the dreadnought, and yeah. then. Like so, all that, uh, all that stuff is then channeled through Willbreaker, and that's mm-hmm. you know that's why um, when he fires it, he has to insert Willbreaker into the the uh, plate or whatever. Which Willbreaker is the sword, correct? For yeah. those people who don't know, sorry, yes. But yeah, so that's yeah, okay. Sorry, of- Dino, Dino, and Chat just answered it. Uh, quote is royalty knows its own when Oryx destroyed Mara's catch he used his crowning weapon the last and surest argument of, for his omnipotence he extended the pocket universe of his throne world into mm-hmm. our cosmos and with it he destroyed his foes whatever fell within it became a subject of his will he was the taken king and he took it was a death befitting a queen end quote so that's kind of the wrap up of Mara and where we were left at the end of day one which was everybody searching for her, Aldrin included. Petra became um, acting regent at that point. She was... Petra's arc happens very quickly in-game. She was the emissary before House of Wolves, and then as soon as House of Wolves drop, she goes from emissary to Queen's Wrath. And then after the death of the Queen and taking King, has been pushed into acting regent. And that is kind of where I really want to start digging into the newer lore because we have quite a bit to go through. So I'm going to go back way, way back into the creation of the Dreaming City, which actually happens quite a bit before the Taken King. And and guys, jump in whenever you want to because this is just me rambling and writing this down. So people who are following along, uh, this opening section is pretty much taken from the card Awakening or the, the it, it is a card, transcript, it's a transcript. Wow. Okay. So taken from Awakening. The Awoken built hidden cities like this throughout the reef. In some, we live and raise our children. In others, we build our weapons. We train our armies. Or we used to when we had armies. In the Dreaming City, we learn from greater powers. We meditate, we transcend. This is our most sacred place. So the Dreaming City is one of the cities of the Awoken. Another one being Amethyst, which was actually destroyed, where which is what caused Petra to be pushed from, um, basically into an orphan position and was being raised by the Techians after that. But... The Awakening is the transcript of the opening mission. And once you first get into the Dreaming City, it is some of the optional dialogue that if you haven't selected to listen to, the, you should. It's Petra's extra dialogue for that. 
So we do have a small guide as to what order things in the Dreaming City were created in, luckily. So the Dreaming City is there. It's there to meditate upon the higher powers and learn more. And then as far as things built in the Dreaming City, those things like the Oracle and the Blind Well didn't happen initially. Those came later. Uh, The city did exist prior to the threat of orcs, and it was a bastion of the Awoken people. Awoken and Ahamkara lived together, not exactly in harmony, but peacefully enough. So we know that the Awoken were there because Aldrin brought the Awoken there. Aldrin is the one who brought back the first Ahamkara, which was... Well, the first Ahamkara within the Dreaming City, which was Riven. We learned that. I don't remember. Do you guys remember where we learned that? It was uh, in the Awoken of the Reef. It was, or yeah, the Awoken of the Reef. Um, Oh gosh, I just. I blanked on it too. I just blanked on it. But yeah, he was the teeny, the the baby, baby Riven. Right. Um, Yeah. I, want, I, I wanted to say Savin, but Savin's the one it's, where he brings no, the guardian. Yeah. Um, Mara essentially charges Aldrin with bringing her powerful things. Um, yeah, she wants the source. Yeah. And the I believe that Riven is one of the first things that he brings her. Uh, no, he brings Riven because he's uh, he finds the Ahamkara and it's a unique and powerful source of things. Right, so, but she um, had she had already charged him with bringing powerful things. The other one right, right, was yeah. an, was the flowers that are the asphodelias that are planted mm-hmm. throughout the Dreaming City. Those that, are actually from. Yeah. Hmm? No, I was going to say those, from those the, were from the Black Garden, and that was a yeah. more of a that was length of a chain was the mm-hmm. mention of that and he actually kind of did that to or not length of a change or that was from the forsaken prince booklet and he did that more to uh he was trying to get her to to uh show him notice me yeah well it was she, notice yeah me. yeah it was pretty much witness me um mm-hmm. Now come on, it's just notice me, senpai. Let's let's. It is really it. notice it's, me, it's, senpai. It's witness me. I mean, come on. He even had the spray paint, and <sighs> he got eaten by a giant meatball. Yeah, that didn't happen until much later. So. <laughs> Although the the asphodelia flowers are not the same as the um the plant that we get the vials from and I'm blanking the ascendant vials that turn you ascendant or at least allow you to see into the ascendant realm queen's foil that's a totally different plant but uh let's yeah see dino I, I i pulled it up just the same time dino just put it in the chat as well thanks dino uh it's telic telic 1 and telic 2 is the story or well the explanation of how riven was introduced to the queen uh, Telic ah. Telic One is Aldrin returning with Riven, and then Telic Two is Mara making like the um, what does it say? It's uh, it was Mara alone who established a covenant with a young Ahamkara who, who chose the use name Riven in honor of its host. Mm-hmm. It also shows, which actually is a question that I want to ask you in a minute um it also shows that how mara quote mara alone whose singular will and unity of purpose saved the awoken from that which we now name the anthem anathemy end quote 
curious I'm curious as to your thoughts on on why where that immunity comes from her her immunity mm-hmm. I mean she she's not she's not perfectly immune but she is no, very she no. is she is of well, we the were, awoken the barren the most barren well, as far as the difference right right and we were also talking about ascension which is part of the reason I asked you to bring that up as far as lost lore um and I believe Doom for Zombies asked this earlier in chat was so the Awoken basically were born in a, in a ascended ro- throne realm of their own. And in some ways, it's kind it's not exact it's not the same as the Sea of Screams. Mm-hmm. With well, like that we works and whatnot that we know of. But um it has kind of the same overtones in the fact that Mara's will shaped, she decided all the rules within that realm as it was being created. So she was essentially the god of that realm. You know, uh, granted. Oh, go for it, hmm? go for it. Sorry, go for it. Even though she's te- technically is not a god and she is not labeled as such yet. Well, she kind of is. She's, she's got, she's the god egg. Um, or the queen. She's the not queen. born yet. Yeah, she's, she's, she's the queen egged. She's the queen who reached the other end of the chessboard. What becomes right. of that? Um, but actually, that's an excellent, excellent observation from from Doom because the thing is, is like the term. See, so so really quick to kind of go back on that. The the important thing to understand with that question is the hierarchy of the ascendance realm, right? So mm-hmm. you have throne worlds. And then you have the Sea of Screams. Those are two separate things. Throne worlds are, and, and this is kind of my, so this is a mixture of my headcanon and what we know a little bit from the ramblings of Toland. Um, so Toland makes a point of kind of talking about the different throne worlds and how they're all within the Sea of Screams, which leads mm-hmm. to my headcanon of the throne worlds are literal like uh, uh, glass bottles floating in the sea. If you've ever seen a message in a bottle, like that kind of min- that kind of imagery, these are all these are all glass bottles that are floating in this this endless sea of screams. Now, the term "sea of screams" is something that we get from the hive. Um, so keep that, you know, for what it's worth. They like they like dark imagery with their words. Um, that doesn't mean that actually the distributary was not part of, it could be its own throne world within the quote unquote sea of screams. Um, and that would actually explain a lot of what we see with, with the creation of the awoken. And like you were saying, the, um, the, the pressing of her will upon that world, that -hmm. would make a lot of sense if the distributary was a throne world. Now, the challenge there is what you realize is if that is truly Mara's throne world that begs the question of a, that actually brings into question a lot of different things. Um, but I'm not going to jump into that assumption real quick, but I just wanted to make I mean, sure to there is the, the concept of sea of screams is a semantic uh, or semantics debate between the hive um, and English, right? It's not necessarily the Sea of Screams is not exclusive to the Hive by any means. Mm-mm. I mean, Mara mentions it in some of yeah, her I mean, travels. 
Yeah, the uh, there is a there's a throne world that they built underneath the Dreaming City, for God's sake. Right. So it's part of the blind well. Mm hmm. Sorry, I didn't mean to steal steal that. No, no, you're good. I mean, we're going to talk about it at some point, and I'm actually kind of getting to that point where, okay, so there's, uh, okay, so I found where I put the Telic reference, the Telic 1 reference with ribbon and everything. Um, Mara had asked that. This is what happens when I write the notes. It gets a little jumbled, apparently. So you had mentioned Savin. Mm-hmm. That was another powerful creature, a.k.a. the first guardian that Mara was introduced to. At least that's the way the card reads, mm-hmm. is that this is the first one she's ever been exposed to. And Savin is actually an Awoken that Mara recognizes that was a um, a, a scientist, essentially. I can't remember exactly which one. Uh, who had geologist. said that- if I remember he right. wanted to go to uh, the Gobi Desert, I believe, and Had work. An outpost that was made there, yeah. Yeah, yeah he, was, he, was... He, he was one of the ones that was literal, was uh, the Earthborn, the original Earthborn. Yeah, he wanted to go and help Earth. So if you remember the group of uh, uh, the Awoken that came out of the distributary with Mara, there was a, essentially a splinter group within that. So Mara had her core group and then the splinter group of that group that came with her that decided they wanted to go back to Earth and help they humanity. Were, they were da-da-da, Riven. They, yeah. Hence the name of the Ahamkara later. Mm-hmm. But this guy, his Savin, who was Chao Mu. So... Sorry, that Which name reading, just makes me giggle. I know. I when I was recording this, it was just something that was like, okay, just power <laughs> through it. Great face. So, Chao Mu was a scientist who wanted to go back and help establish, um, essentially like a farming technique or like help with um, what irrigation and whatnot, and making sure there's enough water for it. And he doesn't remember any of it because he was killed and risen as a guardian and doesn't remember any aspect of that, doesn't remember his family, doesn't remember his, um, I believe it's a daughter who's now 110, doesn't doesn't remember any of that. And so the thing in this card that scares me the most is the fact that it points out a guardian's essential greed, mm-hmm. not greed for ideas, items necessarily but greed for power and mara sees this very early on with him and they kept him around kind of as to observe yep they experimented on him mm-hmm. well now actually i think they did experiment on him um the other thing is is this shows where a lot of the powerful feelings that mara and aldrin towards the guardians um, we already saw the roots of that within Mara's before she was awoken, you know, uh, mm-hmm. because again, to remember, this is not the first exposure that these awoken have had to the traveler. They were from the golden age, you know, they, they, they realized and disagreed with the traveler at that time. And unlike the guardians, when they were reborn, they remember. So it's, it's interesting to see the, um, maturation i guess of that distaste 
in a way. Yeah. It's it, because it, to in in their eyes, this is a confirmation that the traveler is not a good thing. There is a Mara eventually just comes to see Guardians as a tool mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, and how do you use a tool? You direct it at something that you want it to be to manipulate, and so she manipulates us through that way. But and that goes. That will go to later once we actually talk about when she is killed and whatnot and her plan with that. So back to the Dreaming City, back to some of the things that are created at it. The Oracle engine within the Dreaming City was created after the death of the all-teacher, Keldavaj. And she, that is a scary, scary card. Mm-hmm. Because the way, and this is from the card Oracle, the way that this comes across is that does it okay kind of reads like the nine but mm-hmm. it's it kind of doesn't read like the nine the because ancients. it's not the it's not the same format as what the nine that we call the nine as far as cards go uses it's similar but it's not but it's ancients is right um basically the ancients take over all the techians who are scattered throughout the city and basically take them over and they levitate off the ground like they normally do, like Techians like to. And then they start bleeding out of their eyes and start all saying the same thing at the same time. And basically are asking, asking Mara, like what cat the all teacher is. I don't, I don't remember all the Techians doing it. Because this is when she started, she was right. Um, so they she it's the very unraveling, first line. which is oh god. Yeah, it's the very first line of the thing. It said there came a morning when the Techians spoke in unison. Oh, none the, okay. of them were near each other, and they said, "Who are you who builds a hidden city here in our thoughts?" So, which also just as far as location of the Dreaming City is an interesting, mm-hmm. interesting idea, but they. It's just terrifying. They're bleeding from their eyes. They're all over the city. And Mara goes and finds um, the all-teacher, Kelda. And she's the last one who's still stuck in this state. Like, a lot of them have come out of it. And she's stuck in this state. And then, like Blue said, she starts to unravel. Molecule, that's just that's just a pleasant picture. Yeah, it's just... Beloved wise Keldavaj burst apart and then collapsed all at once into a singularity that burned and burned and burned, but not just, but destroyed nothing around it. From her unthroat came the voice again, which Mara felt in the atomic marrow of her bones, and it said, What would it ask us? So they take that singularity that the all teacher turns into essentially and use that to create. The Oracle. That is the, so the or- that is the Oracle engine. That is the Oracle engine, and also um, interesting notes about the Oracle engine. the The Awoken claim to be it, to be the creators of the Oracle engine without Riven's help, mm-hmm. which is they they are very adamant about saying. I mean, to be fair, also, it also explains why if you've ever if you've ever hit that public event, why like Petra, I just hit it earlier today. And this is why it's fresh in my mind. 
Um, she's like, I want you to drop everything and get here. Like they're very adamant that the, that the Oracle engine needs to be, and it's, I mean, again, it's because it's literally, it's literally one of them. Like it's not, Mm -hmm. it's not a, it's not a machine that they created. No, it's the, it's, it's the actual heart and soul arguably of one of their most beloved figures, the all teacher, um, you know, and this is that that's just something to keep in mind too, I think. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think you're also right too, because it points to the fact that this wasn't the Ahamkara's doing. The other thing that stands out for me here is do you, does it bug you how similar to the way their, their vernacular is to Mara own, Mara's own way of speaking? The ancients you mean? Yeah. What would it ask of us? Oh, okay. Who else talks like that in game? I mean, there's quite a few. Oh, that its talk ball like that. thinks that it's found something. Right. I mean, Mara. Mara just that's like very distinctly resonating with Mara's own uh, form of speaking. It's that I think in that respect. It's also it more is, of yeah. I'm sorry. It's the separation mm-hmm. of it's distancing yourself from the person you're talking to. So yeah, instead of saying noble nobility thing, what would you like to do is it's, that's an engaging thing to be, to distance yourself would be, what would it like to do? Yeah. It's, it just, it, it creates it, that separation. It struck me as more of the, the noblese speech. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Um, totally. Which is really, I mean, Mara really does kind of have a exclusive on that as far as like actual speaking she does oryx did too in some respects but i mean we have to remember also that it's seth's writing a lot of this true and he has that very particular flow on Mm. how he likes to write his his speech especially his very powerful characters and well, and that's Oryx true. Also calls out to that with like the speak to me in royal speech or I will I will pin you up and for ear you to eat or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I pin pin you for ear to eat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So okay, oh, so Mara, okay, Dad. The yeah. the Oracle engine um, is listed as a bridge, and it's mentioned a few times. To be as such, um, the first time we hear it is back in that first mission to the Dreaming City, Awakening. Uh, Petra says, they say Queen Mara used it to walk between realities. No one knew where she went, but they used the Oracle to learn from her while she was gone. Mara has told me it's much more than that. Perhaps you you and I will see someday. And then from the pilgrimage, which shout out to Ishtar Collective and to Lowly Dev for collecting all of those pilgrimages because there are a ton and Ishtar doesn't even have all of them posted like live. A lot of them are still in the, the, the uh, forums you have to kind of go dig through, but this one is one of the live ones and it's one of the Oracle engine ones you can see. And it says the Oracle engine is a bridge. And I mean that in two ways, like a bridge of a ship, its powers can be used the whole, uh, can be used the whole of the Dreaming City. And like a bridge across a chasm, it links worlds together. Which, that I, is interesting. I love the play on words that they put there. Mm-hmm. Also, just 
I just love that. Like, because it is, I mean, it, it, it is a great way of looking at things of like, no, because you have a bridge of a ship and an actual literal bridge between two places. Like, I just, I, I adore when people do that type of play on words. Yep, totally. And so that brings us to the Dreaming City being made. The Oracle engine is made. There are a few other stories that happen within the Dreaming City before the whole thing starts happening with the plan and orcs and whatnot. Um, one of the more disturbing ones is with a Ahamkara <laughs> that uh, it's when the Awoken finally starts seeing that that it's not a, it's not a Azra, thing. What? Azra what? Oh my god. Azra <laughs> is such a jerk. But he's so, so oh my god he's so awesome. Azra kids they're all dead. <laughs> no they're not um asram shows up to a party there is a a gathering a seasonal gathering going on and it's the dawning it's, in, it's the dawning it's the, it may not the be best, the dawning the best part is that asram's already been banned from the dreaming city yes <laughs> and yeah asilla oh what the poet now if you that name sounds familiar it's because we go to the garden of Asilla, which is actually where this takes place Asilla, daughter of Scylla yes <laughs> it's very it's very Norse which Scylla right. is actually a character we see back in Marasena but Asilla, yeah. she calls him out and says what are you doing here you're not supposed to be here essentially and um, Azram's like, I repent. Let me tell you of the deeds I've done, and I will repent and prostrate myself. Or like, like it's just he just basically goes on and on, and he starts to tell the stories, all these tales, and winding this little lie and telling. Oh my gosh, he has the Woken wrapped around his little finger. There are young corsairs there. There are young Techians there. He's just got this gathering all just sitting and listening to him talk. And then he basically pied pipers them all what? off the cliff and they He's... fall to their doom. So wait, Azram is the rat king? Oh, God. Yeah. Get I mean, out. <laughs> God, I, I read that and I went, Oh my God, you are such a jerk. But the other thing is, is like we hear about, um, Ao. So bones of Ao anyone oh, from yeah. D one? Yeah. Ao is yeah. also his nest is at the opening of the raid. It's rip, the one on the left. Rip those warlocks. Oh my god. Just there's so much. If you haven't done any of the pilgrimages, please do. There's some great stuff in there. There's some stuff that's like, okay, it's kind of yeah, it's interesting, but it's not like life changing as far as lore goes. But there's some really interesting tidbits there, which brings us to the plan. The spark that started this infamous plan that so many in game, namely Petra, have mentioned, is Mara. Um, Mara got it from a dream, and we see this dream in uh, Tyrannicide One long before Oryx ever entered her peripheral. So she saw she saw it in a dream. And then t- if you want to bring up Tyrannicide 1, you can kind of see where she gets a lot of this. Mara's death began at this mark. Later would come Eris, Osiris, Tolan, all the other associates. 
she basically, this is the card where it talks about bomb logic. At least the introduction of it. Mm-hmm. Do you guys want to talk about that for a tiny bit? I figured we would get into bomb logic at some point, if not multiple times in this episode. I'm gonna. I'll defer to Beard because I know he'll get like growly. Hmm. I mean, if we want to, we certainly can. <laughs> but again. I'm going to get growly. Uh-huh. Okay, I'll move on then. Um, so right. essentially... Um, you've, already, you've, already, you've already pushed buttons enough tonight. You don't need to push more buttons. Oh, beer. Right? But I can push so many more buttons with this episode. <sighs> Jiminy Crickets, I'd rather you not. Mm-hmm. So... I'm already having a tough week. I don't need this. You <laughs> love me, and you love every minute of this. So, I don't know what this is exactly, but sure. Tyrannicide one is where she had the dream. I like how she just moves on. Basically, <laughs> uh, she, basically, she she dreams of orcs and how he functions. At least the concept of orcs, and she doesn't she doesn't know who he is. She doesn't see him. She doesn't know it's a hive. There's no physical thing. She just dreams up that hey, there's going to be this entity that has this kind of power and this is this is something that is going to cause problems in the future. And this happened long before orcs ever showed up. So after you know, that revolution... Hmm? I just want to interject. The, mm-hmm. the problem that I have with all of this is within Destiny lore, there's only like one other being that has somewhat had a vision that is in some way close to this. And that's Rasputin because we're, it's alluded to in terms of how his programming is thanks to general Anshu, Mm -hmm. where she says, have you ever imagined what's out there that like otherwise isn't, or could be a, a problem for us or et cetera in the future? Well, if you haven't, Rasputin certainly has, I'm just like, oh god, no, this is gonna like be a thing later on, isn't it? Uh and it just it has been. Like the the whole this whole time it just has been. Um, the thing with both Rasputin and Mara with these dreams is I view them less as an actual dream mm-hmm. and more of they are clever enough or intelligent enough to see that there is going to be a problem with well, this possible thing. And that also comes back to what uh, I know we've kind of discussed on the show a little bit before with the possible age of Marisol, like for her to have the age to contemplate that there are things that are like this mm-hmm. is another piece I think that needs to be at least somewhat considered. Uh, how far, of course, that needs to go, of course, is the question. But I don't know. I I like, I I just like that she has that sort of intelligence and she does use it to that marker and understands that though she is a powerful being within the universe itself now at this point, or somewhat powerful because of the intellect that she has, uh, maybe not necessarily in the powers that she wields, but definitely in like what she is given in her understanding of the cosmos. Right. Uh, she understands that there is a multitude of beings that are out there that can influence realms like that of what the distributary was 
uh, and what they are to be made, that she is still fairly insignificant because of that reasoning, uh, even if she would like to deem herself as a greater force. Uh, but I i don't know. I've always just found that the parallels interesting between, for this, this whole tirade that I've been on here this whole time, the, the parallels between both uh, Mara and Rasputin in that respect has just been interesting to me. Dino brings something up in chat in that Awoken tend to have these kind of prophetic type dreams. Um, most recent one that we've seen is Petra mentions it uh, with the the birds. Mm-hmm. This was back a few weeks ago at this point. But um, Petra has had dreams. Uh, Aldrin's buddy, I can't remember his name. Julian. Thank Julian. you. Julian, Julian the sniper. Sure has dreams. Sure um, sees her own death. In the mm-hmm. But they all are they all are linked as well. Because right. you'll feel you'll see that well, uh, it's... though Petra has the same uh a dream, it seems that many are also having a similar or familiar dream as well. It's so like, like it's like the... Yep, I was just about to say, because remember who created them. Yeah. I was gonna say the the linking basically comes into and granted they talk about this linking, of course, as we go along in the uh very early books of the uh or the pages of the um the the awoken of the reef how mm-hmm. they talk about marisol literally being a a buffer for damage and so on for mm-hmm. them where sure yes. literally survives thanks to the fact that she's within like earshot and of, she saw uh, her Mara. smiling face hey Pretty speaking of azrim i just unlocked that book that's kind of ironic <laughs> Uh, you know, you know the other the other thing is um, the more you guys are the more you're chatting about that beard, the thing that makes me think of another parallel between Mara and Rasputin too is that both do kind of have a network of proxies. Correct. Because yes. oh, go for it, Green, go for it. It's like that's actually where I'm going to go with the bomb logic versus sword logic because sword logic is a very direct one on one. It's egocentrical, yeah. It's egocentrical. Yeah. Bomb logic is use all the tools, use all the things around you to adjust the outcome of something. Mm-hmm. Rasputin does that. Mara does that. Yep. And, and to be, to kind of hammer that point home too, it's a new form of logic, right? Uh, which, Hey, by the way, shameless plug there, there's, that is a poll topic uh, because now we have three forms of logic that are being presented to us. We have the sword logic, which is an egocentrical uh, logic you have um, the, I, I don't really know what to call the guardian logic, but it's the more allocentrical form to a degree, especially like the speaker and Zavala's form of it. Um, mm-hmm. And then now you have the bomb logic, which is this this almost like social networking type logic. I, I, I hesitate to call it that. It's a crowdsourcing, basically. Like, they're using the 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 power of the mini to actually get more power for the mini. like it's it's this weird it's not really allocentricism because it is it's a weird blend of it um because mara is not i mean mara is a lot of things but one thing you can say for sure is that she's not 100% out for the good of the people she's out for the good of the awoken and herself because ultimately, that's the thing to remember about Mara is that her quest is actually, it's kind of egocentrical. 
Um, and I don't mean that in the negative sense. I mean that in the sense that she is talking about her evolution more so than the Awoken. Now, the Awoken are going to evolve, you know, along with her, of course. But mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't see Mara. And this is this kind of transcends into my my interpretation of her character. I don't see Mara as being that far away from the Hive in the sense that she is she's looking out for number one which is inadvertently tied to the people. The hive are looking out for number one, but they don't have a tie to the hive. They have a tie to themselves. They're uh, for, for those who, who know my reference here, their phylactery is an individual. Whereas Mara's phylactery is the dreaming city and the, the general consensus of the awoken. Um, and then you have the guardians who, are still kind of up in the air like they're almost they're almost free agents in this whole thing but they have theirs being guided currently by by characters who are more allocentrical than egocentrical they are more concerned about you know Zavala's speech about the city the speakers uh the speakers you know adherence to following the light and being good and being defenders of humanity and all this um, now that's not to say that Meanwhile, the guardians, Olentan or right, Osiris or right. Tolan. And I was just about, to, yeah, I was about to say, you know, you have, you have guardians who definitely don't follow that, you know, your <laughs> Osiris. I mean, yes, I, warlords. I will group. Yeah. Warlords. I mean, all these, they, they are definitely the free agents in this whole thing, but that is a, that is Mara is presenting a new paradigm into this up, up until now, this binary world. Uh, mm-hmm. And that's a very interesting component because that comes with a lot of ramifications because, again, we now have, you know, we have a different degree of this image of the Destiny's universe with this new with this new logic. And I, I, that's actually one of the things I find really fascinating about the bomb logic or the logic of the bomb or whatever you want to call it is that it's not that it's necessarily better. It's not that it's necessarily all that distinct. It's just a different flavor of the of the physics of the universe that exists within Destiny. Um, I, I, that's and that's why I really actually I'm really a big fan of it is because it's exactly a different it's a different uh, angle of the same mm-hmm. picture. Well, it's that thing that Destiny has been very good at doing this whole time, at least in my opinion, uh, has been skirting this uh, this path of like. Y- perspective probably a very good relation for some that might be out there but like the old republics uh jedi Mm, versus mm -hmm, sith mm -hmm, there mm -hmm. it's a usability of the force and how you utilize it uh but they're just basically the they're they're the opposite sides of the same exact coin but they can still be used in the same exact function it's just how you contort and utilize it that differs uh, and that's how most of these uh, overall ideas and uh, philosophies that we have within Destiny kind of progress and move. Uh, it's honestly been a video I've wanted to make now for a little while, like between the uh, sciences of uh, how uh, Destiny kind of works out and how it doesn't really make a lot of sense and how the Traveler is an affront to any physics that we basically know. Uh, which effectively means that the light is also an affront to everything that we effectively can kind of know. It is a difference, though, like you had said, Blue, in perspective to how 
uh, most of the the universe can actually be uh, ultimately viewed as guidelines. Uh, but again, of course, it comes down to the basics between sword logic and uh, and and now bomb logic at the point of all of this, where it's one thing is multifaceted, another is going to be uh, single faceted. Uh, well, yeah, at least and... at its absolute heart. Yeah, and it goes back to you know our conversation with like with John about the Dredge and Your Saga. It's all yeah. about the bias. It's all about the, yeah. the 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 degree of perspective of which you're looking at the story, right? And you have to keep that in mind. I mean, we we're we were talking about that ourselves earlier. You know, um, I, I love that. I love that yeah. because what that does is that encourages, as long as you can do it maturely, that can encourages a a very colorful conversation about what the implications of that inference are. Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, it, it allows for many different, uh, many different effective philosophies to kind of branch out, which is why I think that Bungie is also taking, uh, more and more credits to refer back to Olin Tan within the last several, uh, expansions as well just because of that dichotomy of like light and dark and how it actually is influenced and how they're just like opposite sides of each other but one needs to exist with the other etc they're all effective parts of the of the whole uh parts of the whole uh but like the how they go about it of course can be a little different Green, mm-hmm. I feel like we got this way off the topic. Yeah, one. sorry. Okay. You you introduced okay. you introduced the carrot of philosophy. I and did. Beard, and Beard I did. and I might have jumped uh-huh. at that one. That's okay. Yeah, I'm gonna say as soon as you st- like, that's why I didn't want to talk about bomb logic too much because it can get the the little information we effectively know about it is enough for us to run with and be right. dangerous with it. Right. But not know all the intricate pieces about mm-hmm. it. Which is the ironic part, because I can tie this right back for you in looking at, of course, how the the plan effectively is, too. And so. here, Yeah, and that's true. And here's the thing that I want to point out about bomb logic. And this is a discussion that I see kind of going on right now in chat. Mm-hmm. Bomb logic is, it is the ability to not only have, it's like having plan C through Z. Yeah. In your back pocket, it's knowing the people. I just, I just said that in chat. Them. And <laughs> it's, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a chess it's, game. It's Mara playing chess when everyone else is playing checkers. Now, yeah. That being said, it's not, it's not the concept of Mara went and just lost, quote unquote. Right. No. She yeah. Died. It's not that. That's dying was part of the plan, and that's something we're going to get into. Is the Mara had to go into Oryx's throne world. She had to get in there. And the way that she could get in there easily was essentially to trick him into killing her. So going back to getting onto the the concept of the plan, the first instances where we see the goal of the plan happen in uh, Tyrannicide 3. And it's when Mara is talking to Shur. And this is where she's essentially. This is the card, I believe, where she's discussing the her confession, her secret. And she says there are many ways to godhood. Mara tells her the belt of Orion glitters on her helmet, like a three star rating left by some hive entity. Sure, once killed, 
One way is to kill all that is killable, so that all remains must be immortal. So that's kind of Oryx's way. Another is the road I have walked, mostly by accident. One of these ways is closer to the sword, and one is closer to the bomb. If the bomb can defeat the sword by the standard of the sword, then the bomb has claim to primacy. So it's the Mara... Mara admits that a lot of how she's gotten to her po- this point in her life, which she is technically, I believe she is she is queen at this point, or she's about to become a queen. But I'm pretty sure she's queen at this point because the Oracle engine is made and Dreaming City is there and everything like that. So Mara's got this this concept of how she performs the bomb logic it's not a it's not an action per se like sword logic is sword logic is a direct action i kill you therefore i am more proving that my will is stronger than your will and i'm more powerful than you so i take your place bomb logic does not do that bomb logic proves that i am smarter than you essentially and that I am able to adapt more easily than you. And I don't have to go at you directly. I can go around and cause you to cause your own death or cause you to have um, a guardian come and kill you. Because essentially that's what she does with us. So if we follow through this chronologically, though, it's... Real quick. She uses her tools. Yes. She uses the tool sets that she's found. And that goes back to her view of the guardians. Mm-hmm. We're, we're not we're not individual we're not humanity and i think no, the awoken size we are we are less than human i think it would be safe to, to say her especially to her and i mean well and i would argue almost to all the awoken like Except for petra uh, i mean like petra is petra's I mean, more friendly than I she mean, sees I can, this as more I than, can i can take care of certain tools better than i take care of other tools it doesn't make I don't them know. human she was i mean she was a friend to cade though I get. I mean, that's and that's that's valid. That's true. I mean, but I I hesitate to even say this next point. But Mara was a friend to Shax. Don't. Uh, we don't know if she was a friend to him or she just used I him mean, as a tool. If you want to go down that road, <laughs> that's um, I was I was I was skirting around it. But yes, that might have been what I was. There uh-huh. it is. There it is. There it is. There's All right, my job's done. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I know what you were trying to do. I don't like it, but I know oh what you were gosh. trying to do. Chat. Chat, you are so bad right now. Um, so, Chat. moving on. I am moving past this as quickly as possible. If we're going to follow this chronologically, though it is possible that it happened prior to uh, Tyrannicide 2 and Tyrannicide 3 and the development of the plant, it is likely that the next card after that, so if we're going to put these in order as far as chronologically, would be thrown. And this is the card from the Dreaming City book where Eris teaches, um, she relays the information about the hive and Oryx to the Awoken. So Throne is from the book Dreaming City. She Eris, she returns to the Vestian outpost because she spoke well. It was agreed that aid would be traded for intelligence and long-term alliance. So Mara learns of orcs. She learns of the uh, onslaught of the hive and the problem that the hive is going to bring. And this is the card where they basically decide that, hey, 
we need to make something that is going to help us sustain, I think is a better, a good way to put it. This is also um, the card where Mara mentions egg, which I mm-hmm. we made reference to at the beginning, that Mara has kind of got her little god egg thing going on. This is the second mention of the term egg, the first one being the very first card of Mara Senna, um, Arquiloquy, and this one, Throne. But this is where they decide to make the blind well. Nasia drew up the schematics, Portia worked out the calculations, and they tested it with a small rift generator in the eastern shore. And then they went and dug the cathedral, or dug a well in the Grand Cathedral, which is the location where the blind well is when we go in there now. And guess who helps them? Riven. Riven helps them dig it out. And Lysel and Sadia augured the first borehole with the help of Riven, who had taken the shape of a needle-nosed basilisk. While Callie and Shirochi constructed the gate itself deep below in a hall they named the Confluence. Fun fact, the Confluence is the room that you fight the... I can't think of... Is it the the Siren of Riven? Is that what they're actually called? We just call them the Meatball the, most of the time. There's a mission when um, Petra is in the, where she was last week. I can't think of the name of it right now, and I'm not in game. But one the mission where you are fighting to save the Corsair, who is, bro- it's called Broken Corsair is the name of the mission. At the end of the mission, you go down into the confluence to see, um, you fight off a meatball. and. You purge the area, essentially. So this is also the card where we learned that Queen's Foil was made. Ellen made tincture after tincture of Queen's Foil until her clothes stink and her hands were stained reddish black. And this is also where we it's learned... It's Siva, guys! What's that? It's Siva, guys! It's not Siva. <laughs> oh, what? It's red! <laughs> oh, God. You and I'm Anon you, needs to you, stop too. You and jump into conclusions. I mean, seriously, seriously. Yeah, I know. I do that all the time. Seriously, bear. Seriously, I love to jump to conclusions. I just, I absolutely adore it. It's my favorite part of my day. Am I carrying <laughs> this on too long? I think I am. You jumped mm-hmm. to a conclusion there. I guess so. <laughs> Sorry, Green. No, you're good. At the end of the the building of the the well, we learn or we hear kind of a conversation between the Techians. They're concerned. Would it not be wiser to leave this door with without a key? They don't want anybody to be able to access it. Mara corrects him, says egg. She's not even like really paying attention. I love and that. Then, She's like just passively like, no, it's not chewing a door. on a th- she says chewing on her thumbnail like she's chewing she's she's got bad habits the queen has bad habits she's chewing on her nails i thought i took it more as like she was thinking about something else and just like passively like heard you know like when you hear someone just say something i don't know i have a five-year-old i have a five-year-old so i do this all the time i hear him say something and it's just like you just offhandedly like without really even thinking about it you just correct it and you just like Mm -hmm. it's not it's not like it's not looking down it's not like you're talking down to him or anything like that it's just you're you're teaching right and it's like that's 
That's how I kind of took it was. I don't think she's like being derogatory or anything like that to them. I just think it's cute that she has a kind of a bad habit of chewing her nails. And I know she's chewing it because she's thinking on it, but it's still, it's just funny. It's a humanized trait, which is adorable to see. Um, huh. This is the card where they basically say, do we wish to trust the guardians? Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, Mara has kind of walked away at this point in some respects. And then Ilan says, there is only the plan. Remember your vows. So the plan is basically in place at this point. They know what they're going to try to do. And they're going to hope that everything works out. We we do find there are a few hiccups in the way, but as we go along. So Mara learned about orcs. We built the uh, the blind well, the schematics, the confluence, the gate. Uh, the when it, Let's see. Read through with ah uh, uh, so that is the one piece of the plan that we kind of have already. Uh, another piece of the plan was Petra. In some respects, Petra was honored with the title of Queen's Wrath right at the beginning of House of Wolves. Essentially, um, there's a really sweet scene where you see Petra basically essentially knighted in some respects or risen up into that rank uh it's very formal yeah she's ascending to the rank of queen's wrath it's adorable it's a very good fun card to read i liked it too we also kind of learn why in some respect petra was chosen because petra you have to remember petra is super young she had not been with the queen for very long in comparison to a lot of her other Corsairs. And the the thing with Petra being risen to that rank was because of her utter devotion to Mara. She is pretty much blind in her devotion to Mara. She's unflappable in a lot of ways. Now, that doesn't mean she doesn't doubt at times. We saw that she was struggling to, in some respects to to keep faith in the plan or keep faith well, that she'll see Mara again. The but other she th- never fails that. That's true. And the other thing to keep in mind, too, is that Petra was the one that found Shur. Yes. So there's there's a connection also within Mara's view between Petra and Shur. And we know the the feelings that Mara had towards that. Um, <clears throat> so there's there was because that was that was also the scene where they found because when they found Jure, that's where Petra got kind of brought in to the to, mm-hmm. I guess you could call it the inner circle of Mara's world. Um, and so then that's also kind of an explanation too, where you kind of kind of maybe see a catalyst of which caused Petra to leave the Tetuan Order. You know, because we right. don't know, we don't know the well, exact, we we don't know exactly where that whole thing falls. Petra's well, okay. the The way that Petra got into the Techian, the Techian order, Techian order, Techian order, um, was that orphaning, orphaning that happened because Amethyst right. got destroyed and. Well, um, no. 
she was, that was she was being of, it's one of the pilgrimages right right but she, i don't think that was what caused her to get into the techian order that was what caused her rage at which we lost to Aldrin's bombing because that was her sister. She was already in the order at that point because her sisters and the Tecuans were her family that were slaughtered. I swear there was a line that Petra says in game that talks about Now her. that might, oh, like as, as far as why she left the order? Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, that that would make more. Okay, I think Dino just said that. I thought you mm-hmm. were saying. I thought you were saying that that was the orphanage, or that was the orphaning that got her into the order. No, okay, sorry, I, I meant, misunderstood. I that. meant to go the other way with. Okay, that. yes, I can see that because that's where she became, and that's where I saw her becoming so wrathful that she then she, would later yeah, make she, the she make the erroneous call to bomb things. Yeah. Um, Petra, Petra is the steadfast one. Another card that kind of shows that is Black Talon, uh, the sword card or the sword Black Talon. It's card. She's this is takes place three months after the Taken War, and they're wanting to, they're trying to do this memorial for Prince Aldrin and <laughs> the Queen, <laughs> and Petra doesn't. She's not going to go. She doesn't want to do the memorial because she doesn't. She wants people to believe that they're still alive because she doesn't. Petra doesn't know all of the plan. We also know that Um, the only person who knows the majority of the plan. Besides Mara is Eris, and that's by necessity, because Eris needed to know the plan to be able to help push us in the right direction. So that takes me into Tyrannicide or Tyrannicide 4 where um, we learn that Eris has been in cahoots with the queen for quite a while and her reference of my queen at the end of the mission regicide is meant it's a reference to Mara it's not to Zavathun it's not to anybody else as far as like the spin foil that we used to have Uh, another tie from Eris to the queen is to the lore entry letters which is a slightly disturbing and sad entry that it's it's Eris who is she's not as steadfast in it. She is kind of furious with Mara in various aspects in this card, and she will she. I don't know. She struggles through this card a lot. This card was really hard for me to read and record. Both crowns have been sundered and sky saved me, but I am unmoored. I have been a blade crying for a hand to wield me for so long. But what is a blade without nothing solid to cut? You will gentle me. You will tell me I can rest. I will try to pull me to the libraries. I cannot. I cannot. And it's, it's Eris kind of, I don't know, on the brink of almost madness in some respects. Mm. Sorry. She's not having a good time of it. No. Well, and it's, it's what happens when someone who's dedicated their entire existence to one pure goal finally achieves that goal. It's the day after. Yeah. It's what happens the day after you achieve it. It's like, well, what do I do now? The thing about the, that entry of letters is that, there's no time stamp. There's no time 
in it that can actually you can't pinpoint where in the the order of everything that lies it could be current in game like Eris could be writing those right now it could be right after the taking king happened because the only thing that we have to grasp is that Eris says that she will meet her at her throne in the very last entry of that it's it's an interesting dynamic to add into it so that's all the different pieces of the puzzle we have blind well we have petra being uh, acting regent slash queen's wrath and then eris who has been kind of instrumental in developing the plan with mara or at least being a part of the plan with mara so the dreaming city was evacuated right before the attack on the dreadnought we learned that from petra in the mission awakening that same mission i really if you haven't listened to those really it's on ishtar go listen to them there's really great stuff in there and then we witness the death of mara in the opening of the taking king which is the coming war is the name of that cinematic in tyrannicide five we see her step into oryx's throne world and waits for the moment where we guardians will defeat him so if I've mentioned Tyrannicide quite a bit, it is part of the Awoken of the Reef. If I'm if I'm remembering correctly, that I book so. that book covers a lot of time. It covers an immense amount of time, and those cards fall back to back to back. And as you've noticed, I've weaved in entries and cards from a lot of other things to help fill in the gaps between them because. There's just a lot of information that isn't said in the Tyrannicide cards. But so we see her step into the throne world. She dies. She goes into his throne world and basically just waits. And as Mara slips into Oryx's throne world, Oryx slips into the Dreaming City. And the way (laughs) he does this. They're like two ships passing in the night. They really are. And the way he does it is kind of ingenious. Um, We find out in one of the Truth to Power books or cards that we have. I think it's the very first one. And it says three. My best guess is that the Awoken Tekken aboard Queen Sob's flagship fled into the Dreaming City through a gate or portal. And the Dreadnought's main weapon followed them down that link. Awoken mm-hmm. message traffic indicates the dreadnought weapon is innately connected with Oryx's intellect and awareness. The instant he pierced the dreaming city, he must have understood the value of the site and deployed his take into attack. The other reason we can say that this is likely the case is that Shirochi reaches out to Mara as everything is falling apart. The Tekians have been given orders to go through their self gates which are basically portals to get them out of there and shirochi base she doesn't go right away she reaches out to mara and mara calls calls it out herself in the reverie dawn cast where she should have seen um she should have factored shirochi's love in her design mm-hmm. and she's berating herself for it because Without having factored it into her design, the bomb logic or whatnot, 
that allowed for Oryx to slip into the Dreaming City. So that's one of Mara's mess ups. I love the fact that they allow they they have her character have a mess up like that. Yes, I do too. I think because otherwise, Mar- yeah, because otherwise, I, I don't know. I don't like it when characters are like quote unquote perfect. Yeah, it makes she's it, not. It makes it boring in a way. Or predictable, I guess, would be a better word for it. Right. So she can't... Mara doesn't see that coming. Orc slips into the Dreaming City. Um, Mara can't do anything to stop that. And she also can't do anything in Orcs's throne realm until we defeat Orcs in the raid. At the moment of Oryx's true death, Mara can step through the ruins of the throne realm. And we see that in the Reverie Dawn Tabard card or entry. And interesting thing about all the Reverie Dawn sets, it's very knight oriented. A lot of them are named after pieces of French armor and whatnot. Fun little trivia fact with that. But Mara steps through his realm, the ruins of his throne realm, and across the Ascendant Plain and meets with Tolan in Reverie Dawn Gauntlets. And she scares the bejesus out of him, chases, his, chases him out of his basically, for his, lack of a better his term, world. <laughs> his, his janky little trailer park house type thing that he hasn't he Poland has made himself a little place the queen goes in there and scares him away and it it calls it out in the car that it is not a not a marvelous place it is a very i'm trying to find the line itself where is that line She finds herself, she finds her footing upon a plane of swords and madness and all-consuming curiosity. So Tolan is just kind of being thrown about. And she asks, who are you? Or he asks, who are you? The question summons an almost forgotten answer deep within the rapidly solidifying shape of her, which I find is really interesting. Is she, because he calls to her, she is able to solidify and recollect some of the consciousness of who she was before. And that is when she is, she makes her famous line or she says her famous line. I am Marisov. Starlight was my mother and my father was the dark. And this thing that was once Tolan flees before her darkness, so, light, shadow, majesty. So why do you think that Tolan was so terrified of her? I think as far as like headcanon or like legit canon. Both. Tolan. I think at that point is Mara had seized upon a lot of the power that Oryx left in his wake to be able to step through the throne realms. That is part of the reason I believe. And I pretty sure there's a line that says that she grasped a hold of like she grasped the power she took up the power or at least some of it and that at this point tolan sees her will which is so much sharper and so much more 
distinct at this point. And she's a terrifying woman. I don't know if you've ever went and talked to her. She's terrifying to talk to. <laughs> um, as far as legit lore, I think it's more because of the darkness as well as the light within her that causes him to flee. And Tolan is not Tolan is not a reliable reliable character in some respects at this point. Oh, really? I don't think so. <laughs> I could never never imagine Tolan as not being reliable. I mean, Hey, hey guys, let's go down in this cave and kill a god. That well, sounds like okay. a great idea, Mr. Let's Explore uh, Hive Magics. And I'm sure there's an actual reason he had for that. But the yeah, interesting there was. thing is killing his team so he could get it's... He didn't do that on purpose. I don't I don't oh, legitimately think he did that on purpose. Are you sure? <laughs> Do you want me to tell you why he probably did? Sacrifice. The quiddity of death. Uh, something about a song and it not being ready. Uh, oh, man. I love how chat. chat's like, no. I mean, okay. I I want to have some redeeming like I want Tolan to have some redeeming qualities but at this there's point there's plenty it's... of redeeming qualities he's crazy for one <laughs> he's a warlock or was a warlock he's yes, not okay now, now he's a now he's a ball of ascendant energy and even then he's they call him a creature the creature that once was Tolan does I don't know how much he actually has within himself like I don't know how much he is still himself because even Mara doesn't come to herself within the ascendant realm. There's a part of her that is pulled into consciousness, pulled into coalescence when Tolan asks or Tolan. Yeah. When Tolan, when Tolan demands that she define herself. Right. She does. Mm -hmm. And I mean, defining yourself within the Mm -hmm. gosh, Chat is so angry at me. I'm sorry, <laughs> Chat. I want him to be slightly redeemed in some respect. He is a jerk. I get that. I get that. That's he's a not jerk. the language that they're be... using in chat. I know. Um, I'm trying to stay PG for first for, for the podcast because I know Blue likes it better. But um, dang, guys, uh, uh, there might they're, they might have opinions. <laughs> I understand that Tolan, and I will be the first to tell you. He was not forthcoming with his fire team when they went down into the pits. That is a whole. (laughs) That is a whole another. God, there's no redemption, Green. Just just pull the ripcord, bail out, bail out. (laughs) The thing he does say, as far as having a truthful thing or whatnot, at least he's worried when we're entering the dreaming city. Oh yeah. That we're going to release the curse. He knows there's something wrong. He, he knows also, it. And he he's also warns us. Yeah, he also warns us to not be so trusting, which is hilarious. Yes. Right, because it's Tolan. You're yeah. not going to trust him. But we don't listen to him, and we do it anyway, and we release the curse, and this this trap has been sprung. So, <sighs> chat, please... 
please forgive me for that. I'm just trying to not be so mean to him. I don't know why, but I'm trying. Okay. Got to go find my spot in the notes because we got really far down in the notes. All right. So, <sighs> so she travels across the ascendant plane, meets up with Tolan who runs away. Blue, did you have a, an idea of why she may have run away? Nope. Or he I may have just, ran away? I just, I just had a qu- I just wanted to ask the question just in ah. case. Because I know I, I've seen a couple people voice it, so I was just curious. I mean, she's she's taken a hold of Oryx's power. And yeah, I mean, I I think I think it's the I I I legitimately think it's the difference in power. And Toland, mm-hmm. Tol- like you said, uh, Toland is described as a creature, and what do creatures do? They recognize in hierarchy who's more who's stronger, and they avoid it. Like you know, it's 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 a very. Uh, pack mentality or pecking order mentality is that's not something that's i i think i think the description of him as a creature kind of in my mind confirms that is yeah yeah he's 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 more animalistic at this point than really whatever he has been even before yeah that's true i still feel slightly sorry for him he did it to himself but yeah, I, I mean, you have... can you can pity it. You can pity something. I can, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it. it I I don't know. Like Toland, it, we we still there's still so much that we don't know about Toland that right. you know there's that's still kind of up in the air. But from what we know about Toland, um, it's not a pretty. It's not it's, a. He's, he's not, not very redeeming. No, no, it's very hard to find anything redeeming about his character. And I'm not That's saying that I'm not I'm not saying that it's not possible, but right. currently with the current painting of his portrait, it is not a very bright one. It is very dreary. Yeah. Dino made a really good comparison. He says, I pity Tolan like a pity golem. And that I can I I could say. Oh, my God. That. Now I have that stuck in my head. But that's a really good way to view it because he was golem after his precious he was consumed by his desire for the, the ring, ring. Yeah. Tolan and was Tolan consumed, was consumed yeah. by his desire for the hive or for the song for the escape, the, the knowledge, he, the knowledge, the knowledge, <clears throat> his warlock tendencies. What um, drives a warlock to madness? Truth. Or the desire to reach it. Um, so Tolan flees. She's traveling through the Sea of Screams. She reaches the edges of... And I always struggle with the pronunciation of this. It is Eleusinia? Because it's supposed to be... Eleusinia. Huh? Eleusinia. Yeah. It's like a reference to the Eleusian fields, right? That is... It's it's in the Eleusian fields of Greek. To at the very least, yes. It took many a many an hour to make sure I had that fully right. Yeah, which so, is interesting because I believe that uh, somebody else has made mention of that as well, which I believe is Aris Morn. Mm-hmm. And she reaches the edges of that the throne realm that she and Ribbon had created for herself. So, the Blind Well was the conduit to create the throne realm for Marasov. Mm-hmm. 
and that throne realm is underneath we we say underneath as far as the physical location of it it's it is underneath but it's it's quite vast if you've done the shattered throne mm-hmm. um dungeon you're traveling through piece like part of her throne world um there's also the strike you're traveling through pieces of the throne realm that riven and mara created so in the rivery dawn grieves let's see here but is met with a festered geometry that oryx has caused so the throne realm is not recognizable it's recognizable but it is destroyed in the way that we see it now it has been torn down broken up pieces are flying everywhere um it's just it's kind of what we did to Oryx's realm in some respects, but on a grander scale even. And she follows the, his footsteps. She follows Oryx's footsteps, not anybody else's. She follows Oryx's footsteps because this is how he got in back to the Dreaming City. And this is where she discovers the amount of damage that Oryx has been able to cause while she's been gone in she sees the taken. She sees um, that so many were taken. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of destruction going on. And apparently at this point, the nine are screaming at the whole event. They're, and this is like, they're mad at her. They're just flat out mad. And that card is re-extinction and the nine are basically arguing with each other in a panic. She's ruined everything. Such blind arrogance. We are lost. Hurry. He will recruit them all. If we do not act now, what can we do? Done cannot be undone. Everything is lost. Kill them where they creep and crawl. Let their bones whisper. Not the children. They are not our children. We have no time for sentiment. It is this or we lay ourselves bare before the veil. The the nine in this card, which I say it's the nine because this is done in the same uh, formatting that we have seen some of the other cards that were spoken from the nine. And in this card, the nine decide to intervene at least slightly. We must before he takes them all. Imagine his power. Reach together now. No, no, no. That tu- that our touch be lethal. Riven. We will it so. The dreamer is lost. Call the rest. That our judgment be true. We will it so. So they, in this card, which is terrifying to read, it almost sounds as if the nine decide to cause an extinction is what it sounds like. Yeah, they re that that's the name of it too, right? Re-extinction. <clears throat> and they cause the extinction of what? Either Harbingers is my thought or um Tara. Do we know? Or the Aphelians. No, I'm not, no. I'm not ascribing to that. God. I'm not ascribing to that whatsoever. The are the new Nazarite point. What's that? What's that, Blue? 
Right? No, I was just I was just pulling words out of a hat. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's what I do. I, uh, I I can't wait to talk about my little theory with them one of these, oh, Lord. One of these days when I'm able. I'm excited to hear that at some point. Oh, you're going to be so let down. <laughs> Is it like the theory that you have on Sabathun and Nezarek? Oh, you are going to be so let down. I don't know what that means. Oh boy, you're in a treat. You're going to be let down. Okay. I'm confused. Uh, look, so, I can't wait that for response it. Doesn't is translate the best. To, uh, I, I can't wait for it. Never translates or doesn't always have to translate to everybody's going to love this. Oh no, that's not. I, I like butting heads with you. As you can tell. I'm dying. I know. I, I don't even know how to continue oh, at this God. point. Um, Gosh. So the nine the nine step in and do something. They cause an extinction is what it sounds like in the card, but we don't know what they were trying to prevent orcs from taking. If it was the Ahamkara, that would be really interesting. Because that would mean they're truly extre- extinct except I mean- for Ribbon. There's also the the other uh now I forget exactly which one it is, but there's another reference of how those were not ours, uh stop your your useless prattle or something similar. I can't remember exactly what it is now. One the of the other of cards head, from the nine? Yeah, it is. I I honestly cannot remember what it is, but Hmm. What about the comment about the children? Uh, yeah, yeah. That yeah. That comment. They say they are the one says they are, are the children. The next line, which is a different voice, says they are not our children. Right. They were not ours, or nothing even happened, etc. Just all these weird mentions, and it just still lines up possibly with what the uh what had happened with the uh the great hunt and whatnot, especially with the little bits that we kind of know about it. Mm-hmm. The funny thing is is here this card right here takes place right as Mara is killed in Taking yeah. King and before she makes the journey. Because, and this is something interesting to note, the Nine cannot see into the Ascendant Realm. At least I don't believe they can because of this card. Because they say the Dreamer is lost, call the rest. They don't realize that Mara is still there. Mm -hmm. They know that Orcs came and tried to take everything in the Dreaming City. Which is why Mara had the Dreaming City evacuated prior to it. Blue, no. I disagree with that line of logic because Mara is named as the Dreamer multiple times throughout the Marasina and through Woken of the Reef. I'm going to say the Dreamer is referenced in several different things because even the even Riven is going to 
showcased as the dreamer a couple of times as well, which is the annoying part. Mm-hmm. So there's there's several realistic correlations that we can kind of make back towards it. Uh, it almost seems like it is in relation more to like those that are part of the dreaming city in a way, but that's a very broad topic, of course. Right. An interesting idea would be that if the dreamer is less called the rest, if the rest is a reference to the rest of people that are within the dreaming city at that point, which at that time would have been the Tekians because the self gates went back to the dreaming city. And that's when Shirochi and Kali and I can't remember the last one, the one from the raid, the last one from the raid. And then there was one from the strike. They're the ones who get taken. They're the ones who were with Mara when Mara got blown up with taking King, the self gates went back to the dreaming city and that's when they were taken along with Riven. So they're not the rest because obviously they're not dead or they're not prevented or like destroyed or anything like that by the nine. And at this point, do we even know if the nine have that kind of power We know they see a lot of things and they play a bigger game, but yeah, can they actually? The, that's the the interesting part is if they happen to be awoken or something similar. If that's the case, then the like all all awoken just really like to keep secrets, like humanity kind of does anyway. Mm-hmm. Which really kind of argues or begs the question: uh, heck is even about being awoken. I much prefer being an EXO. I like being awoken. You all would. my all my characters are awoken. Uh-huh. All mm-hmm. my characters are EXO, so I can't That's really fine. talk. Yeah, it's fine. But that brings us to essentially where we're at now. Mara is within that uh, the or she's within the Oracle, which is not a throne realm. Because the throne realm is, remember, the place where Oryx destroyed everything. The mm. Oracle, which is interesting that it is something totally different. I don't know how mm. Mars slipped by everybody and got into the Oracle. Do we think the Oracle is another pocket universe? Because it's within a singularity, like the distributary was? Hmm. Kind of is a singularity that almost seems like it has its own uh, its own being outside of the one that it absorbed. Mm-hmm. Which is the interesting part, which means that realms themselves also have, um, what's the best way to put it? Realms themselves also have, uh, not, uh, not knowledge, but they have, uh, sentience. C- grief with it. Yeah, that'll, that, that'll, that'll work fine. Um, but yeah. Their own physics, their own mathematics, their own language. Geometry. Yeah. Geometry. Which also ties back to several other things and goes along with Bife's uh, Void Lords very well. The Void mm-hmm. Lords themselves are the Void. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the realms they're in. But that brings us to there. And the other updates that we have of Mara are in relation to the different visits we have done. Uh, the visit that we got from the emissary of the nine that showed up randomly 
Mm-hmm. And the fact that Mara has been having multiple visitors, apparently, within that little throne throne room or throne realm. The it beyond that, there's not a whole lot else that I feel is pertinent to go into at the moment. Um, we talked about the development of the Awoken in the Arsena episode. We awoke the reef. It's this one I wanted to talk about what happened tomorrow and her travel from being killed and taking King through the sea of screams, chasing off Tolan and what she was like within that time period, kind of what was going on outside of it. And then her showing back up in the dreaming city and how she got there. Mm-hmm. That was my main goal with this episode. Do you guys have anything else you want to discuss when it comes to Miss Miss Queenie? She's still nuts. Oh yeah. I don't I don't disagree with that. But she's my kind of nuts. Hey. Blue? Nope. I'm good. Nope. Cool. Uh if you guys want to read into more about Mara and the Awoken, the four books that I use primarily to pull information from for this episode was Mara Senna, The Awoken of the Reef, The Forsaken Prince, and The Dreaming City. There's also the Reverie Dawn set, armor set, lots of information about her travels through the Sea of Screams are in those. And I don't think I pulled too much outside of those sources at the moment. So, you guys want to go to shoutouts? Yep. Beard? Uh, Just a general shout out that uh, the holidays make everybody crazy, and I try to keep that in mind as much as I can, so try to have a little bit more patience with each other as best as possible. Um, Otherwise, you too will go crazy and lost within the realm that is the holidays. Mm -hmm. So speaking of Void Lords and having their own overall ideas and thoughts and so on, the holidays themselves are just another entity that we have to conquer, especially parental visits. Yeah, I don't have to do those this year. Lou, do you have any shout outs? Uh, No, pretty much. Actually, pretty much what Beard was is just, you know, be patient. uh, Be aware that everyone everyone has is trying their best to get where they need to go. And, you know, that might not necessarily coincide with (laughs) what what, where you need to go. Um, But, you know, just yeah, just be patient and. Enjoy enjoy the time that you have with family, and if you have time off, you know, enjoy it. Just take take some time and appreciate what you have, especially after weeks like this week. Uh, you know, it just makes it makes it that much more makes it makes it something that much more valuable. Uh, and that uh, oh, sure. a big shout out to everyone who is both listening and who is active in our chat on Discord and in Twitch and on Twitter. Uh, you know, again, we say it we say it a lot, but we I truly mean it is we really value what you guys give us as far as like the content to cover your thoughts um and all that that is something that Mm -hmm. we truly truly enjoy reviewing and exploring with you guys alongside us and we look forward to that being something that we continue to do for many years to come hopefully uh yeah but yeah that's pretty much mine totally uh be safe be patient 
this holiday, I mean, the holiday seems like everybody gets really, really spun up quick. And they have to go do things. Be patient. Take the long way. Take a breath. All those things are good to remember any time of the year, but especially this time. And uh, probably my biggest, I guess, PSA is more of there are people around you who during the holidays have a harder time than others. Now, granted, everybody tends to have a hard time during the holidays, but there are people who have um, seasonal depression. And that starts to hit really, really hard around this time of year. I bring this up mainly because my wife deals with it. And it is something that is a struggle for the both of us to have to work together and be able to not only be a rock for each other, but to be able to be that soundboard and help not necessarily pull the person out of it, but help be the person that they need you to be at that time. So there are going to be lots of people out there who have to, who deal with that kind of thing and just being a kind and gentle soul. Like you guys always are. I am. I mean, before we started this episode, we actually opened um, Christmas presents that our moderator team sent. And it, it is very, heartening to and I'm going to start crying because I'm a big sap but um, it's heartening to get not only just the present itself but the kind words that come along with it to know that you guys are supportive through all of this because there is a lot of hard work that goes around goes on in the background for these episodes and for the videos that Beard puts out there's and a lot of times it's kind of those, the moments where you feel like you're taken advantage of, or like you feel like nobody really cares or watches, but kind words like this, or a gift, or even a message on Twitter or on Discord saying, hey, I think you're awesome, or hey, I hope you have a great day. Those kind of things make such a big difference in a person's day. Even if you don't think that that person's going to respond, it still will make a difference. It really does. I mean, anyway, soapbox, crying, I'm done. <laughs> Let's shut this down. All right, guys. Well, we'll see you. Uh, so we won't see you next week, but we will see you the following week. Uh, we are still working on the actual time of the live stream. I'm going to try my best to have it not affect when we actually drop the episode, but we probably will have it pushed back a day or two just simply for terms of services with Twitch because uh, we, we'll be streaming on a Sunday and I can't drop it on a Monday if we do that. So keep an eye out in the Discord and on Twitter for that for that particular schedule, but we will be planning on recording on the 30th uh, for the next episode so again, everyone have a great holiday and we will see you when we get back from vacation.
With that, we'll begin to wrap the chat up. Thank you again to those over on Twitch for coming to spend your evening with us. If you'd like to join us for the live streaming of the episodes, please be sure to give us a follow over on twitch.tv slash focusfirechat. Links to our episode archives can be found at www.focusfirechat.com. Please be sure to email us at focusfirechat at gmail.com with any comments or questions for our team concerning the podcast, and let us know how we're doing by giving us some feedback and a rating over on iTunes as well. Also, be sure to check out all of our amazing partner podcasts within the Guardian Radio Network over on theguardiansofdestiny.com. So until next time, focus your fire and may your light shine bright.